Welcome, welcome, welcome to A Little Juju Podcast, the podcast all about Black-ass spirituality, honoring the ancestors, honoring ourselves, and decolonizing our spiritual practices on our path to freedom. I'm your host, Juju, and I come to this show as a medium, as a hoodoo practitioner, as an Orisha devotee, and just a Black girl healer that's trying to heal. So, glad you're here. Sit back, relax, and let's get into the show. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Camfer no say. And I'll never give play. I'll take your photos to the grave But that ain't even my thing I just stay at the crossroads, pray I just pour a little honey from my bay To make them stay Cause I hate when Baileys But I manifest a little with my Baileys I'm my ancestors, baby So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah Shout out to Max for the theme song Shout, big, big, big shout out to my friend Max who produced that beat and sent it to me. And I was like, this is the podcast theme song. I'm going to put his link in the show notes. They're in all the show notes, but I'm just shouting him out specifically because everyone loves the song. I love the song. And I know that I said I was going to put out a full version like forever ago. I still plan on doing that, but it feels like a whole thing and that I got to go to a studio. It just feels like a whole process, but it's something that I know needs to happen. I promise it will happen in 2019. I really wanted it to happen in July, my birthday month, but you know how things be. I mean, yeah, July ain't over. I shoot. I might be able to find something. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of July, it is still cancer season. Oh no. Actually, when you all listen to this, it will not be cancer season anymore. It'll be Leo season. So shout out to the Leos. I actually love Leos. My best friend, one of my best friends is a Leo. And I know the Leos are ready to make it all about them. So that's fine. I can dote. I know how to dote. (laughs) So happy Leo season to my Leos and everyone. May you, um... Be selfish sometimes. That's okay. Leo's teach us that. It's all right to do what we need to do. It's okay to talk about ourselves. It's okay to be proud of ourselves. It's okay to be confident. We can learn a lot from Leo's. We can. As hard as it is to say that, we can. (laughs) Anyway, I had a wonderful cancer season. I had a wonderful July. Thank you to everyone again for the birthday wishes, the birthday love, the shout outs, the everything. Like, super overwhelmed. In, in happiness and joy from that. Um, yeah, cancer season has been good. I've been able to travel a lot. I actually am just getting back to Chicago from Virginia. I was there for five days, I think. And I was facilit- I was co-facilitating a retreat workshop. Um, and I was also curating a healing space. So basically when different activists and organizers might get together you know they kind of hired me to come in and bring like the healing component to the workshop because you know we have to start including 
healing in our tactics in our workplaces you know in our businesses in our organizations because this is a really important part of doing the work like we also have to rest we also have to take care of ourselves and we also have to check in with spirit so I was able to come in I was I did some readings I uh, hired some massage therapists and tarot readers and it was just so 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 good and everyone seemingly or a lot of people Loved it and gave me great feedback. So, you know, you can also hire me to do that, to curate healing space <laughs> at your job or work. And, but the wild part of all of this was that it was on a plantation in Virginia. And interestingly enough, well, this place was called the Airly uh, in Warrington, Virginia. And it was a beautiful, 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 beautiful space. But it was so obviously a former plantation. And they don't say that when talking about it they don't say that online they don't allude to that but it looks like a former plantation it's in Virginia everyone with half a brain would know that it was <laughs> a former plantation so the first day getting there was actually really hard because you know I'm a medium shit like I was like oh shoot I'm feeling spirits a lot of spirits I'm feeling a lot of energy a lot of sadness and anger like and that was really hard but over time, you know, I poured my libations and I just kind of talked to the spirits and acknowledged them, affirmed them. And it was smooth sailing after that. I didn't really feel anything stressed out, but was able to connect with nature and the land in a way that I didn't even realize I needed. And as someone who hasn't really lived in rural spaces or even the South, I mean, if you consider Maryland the South, some people do. It is below the Mason-Dixon line, but look, I ain't getting into that debate whether Maryland South. So anyway, when I'm in nature when I'm in the south when I'm in the country I'm like oh my god I need this I didn't realize I needed this like I probably will have to settle in this <laughs> I don't know if I can handle city life for much longer so it was really really good to just reconnect and look at trees and just hold trees and hug trees and I had this whole like thought process around trees being archives because they're so big and they can be so grandiose and tall. And that, mean, that means that they've been around for a really, really long time, that they carry a lot of historical knowledge, ancestral knowledge, literally ancestors, bodies, bones, spirits. Um, they hold just they've seen trees like have literally seen different political climates different experiences of people things that we we know have hung from trees including our ancestors it's just like trees are the shit <laughs> so i just came to like some really interesting and powerful realizations being in nature and just communing with the land and so i always always recommend folks to commune with the land that's a huge part of doing this work of doing hoodoo or even any type of African traditional practice. It's about being in right relationship with spirit. And that includes the land, spirits of the land. And our ancestors, traditionally, in a lot of ways, altars were outside. Altars, altars were in the ground. Altars were at bases of trees. And only until recently, we've started to bring our people inside for you know various reasons. But so know that you know, if you're finding some difficulty connecting with your ancestors at the altar, keep at it for sure. But try talking to them outside. Find a tree. Find, find a space where you feel like it's easy for you to commune. Go to the waters. Our people are in the land. Our people are in the water. So you can always do that. 
Uh, let me also say that it might be a little bit of background noise today porque my windows are wide open. Chicago is really trying to be hot girl summer. Look, sun said, oh, y'all want hot girl summer? Okay, I'm going to crisp y'all asses up because it is hot. So all my windows and stuff are open. So you're going to hear potentially some Chicago city noises. Ah, Don't you just love a good homegrown podcast? <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about how you can help support this homegrown podcast. All you need is a little juju. So a little juju podcast is hosted, edited, written, curated, all of that by me. And so I like to open up the show just asking for donations and ways to help support this podcast, ways to help sustain the podcast and keep it afloat. And there's a few different ways to help do that. So the first way I like to ask for is monetary because there are fees that come with doing podcasts. I'm wanting to do more events and uh, this, I just have so many ideas and all those things cost money. And so I like to open up for the community to be able to support and uh, yeah, helping us pay the bills around here. So <laughs> monthly donation system, uh, I ask is through Patreon. I ask for $3 a month. That's $36 a year. You can go as low as $1 a month or up to as much as you want, but I just ask for three. And this helps is a, is a, is a more committal way to donate to the show. And so I would like to shout out the folks that have um, committed to being a part of the Juju community and spreading the Juju gospel and helping sustain this work um, because it's, it's, it's important and it is deeply, deeply appreciated. Okay, okay, okay. So I would like to shout out my most recent patrons. Yay! I'm so excited. I got a decent amount of patrons um, this week. Hold on, let me scroll down because y'all came through. Okay, I would like to shout out Brianna, Clarell. Thank you so much. I'd like to shout out Severine Lumiere. I hope I pronounced that right, boo. Thank you. Um, Doris Williams became a patron. Miss Vixen, a also shout out to Miss Vixen podcast. I am on uh, episode three. I will put that in the show notes. So shout out to Miss Vixen for being a patron. Thank you, boo. Um, Yvette Jasper became a patron on July 9th. That was my birthday. So thank you, Yvette. OBS OBS Obes became a patron. Thank you, Lee. Um, oh, sorry, Hoodoo, Hoodoo Boo. <laughs> Oh, yes, Hoodoo. Thank you for becoming a patron. I deeply appreciate you. Faith Ellen, thank you. Uh, Dion Daniels became a patron. Thank you. Ashley Gray, Bria. We have another Ashley. Thank y'all so much. Butter B became a patron. Lucas became a patron. April Hunt became a patron. Uh, Deirdre became a patron. And Ashley another Ashley. Okay. We got all the patrons. I'm about to start naming y'all over again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you all so much. And y'all know, I don't take lightly exchanging the energy of money and especially in this committal way, like giving money monthly means a lot to me. And I hope that I'm serving y'all well and doing y'all well. And I just want to exchange and send them energy of money right back to you. As you shared it with me, I want to share it back to you tenfold so that you all are able to have the monetary, your monetary needs met and to be able to have abundance in your lives and to be able to create and do the things that you want to do. 
So thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all so much. Also, another way to donate and just want to shout out my folks who hit me up on the Cash App, who just send me a little coin here and there. Y'all send me stuff for my birthday and also just for the podcast. So I deeply appreciate you for that little, you know, it's always nice looking down. I'm like, wait, someone just sent me some money on the Cash App. Like what? And just, you know, you put a little note around something I said in the podcast or something that stood out to you or something that you would to send me money for. So I, I really appreciate that, y'all. I really, 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 really do. Don't take it lightly. I'm very thankful for it. And <laughs> yes, consistently thanking the universe and thanking y'all in my hearts and spirits and your ancestors. Um, and then also you can, I accept donations on the PayPal at thejujubay at gmail.com. You can write that in the PayPal and send a little donation. Now, outside of the monetary ways, there are other ways that you can help sustain and support this podcast that mean also just as much to me. And that is talking about the show that is putting people on, that is tagging me in your posts when you're listening and hashtagging the show, you know, and, and your comments about it on Instagram and on Twitter. All of that matters to me. It gets the juju gospel out and that is extremely important. Also, uh, shout outs, the shout outs to me, um, and rating and reviewing the podcast, five starring it on Apple, liking things on SoundCloud, all of that sort of generates this excitement and energy around this 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 word and what we're talking about in our ancestors. So that means a lot to me. So I also just want to say thank you for the folks who are consistently speaking life into me and speaking life into this work. And I speak life into y'all too because I. I yeah, my community's bomb as hell. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what to say. Y'all are bomb. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to donate, I will have the monetary links in the show notes, of course. And yes, y'all are just so, 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 so great. All you need is a little juju. So this week we are going to have a heal yourself. And for those who might be new, not sure what heal yourself is, heal yourself is the segment where we talk about juju related tips and tricks to heal ourselves and heal our communities. So today I'm really excited about the heal yourself today. And I just got put onto this when I told y'all I was just in Warrington, Virginia at a retreat co-facilitating. I was co-facilitating with a friend of mine, but who was also an amazing person, writer, organizer, uh, Charlene Carruthers, black feminist. So if you don't know who Charlene Carruthers is, please look up Charlene (laughs) and get your life. See her word, see her works. The first national director of the organization BYP 100 is amazing. So it was just a joy and honor to be able to work alongside Charlene. And during the day during one of the uh, facilitations she brought forth this exercise this mantra exercise this breathing exercise that was created by alexis pauline gums who is also freaking amazing genius like a genius writer black feminist uh woman writer scholar i mean (laughs) her works are Alexis Pauline Gums is just someone that you can't even talk about. You just have to experience. So I will put a link to, I don't know, maybe one of her things or like her, just put her name so y'all can just Google her and get your life. Um, But she created this really, really beautiful series, basically, of mantras. And it's called Black, it's like Black Feminist Breathing. Um, dot tumblr.com but it's called the black feminist breathing chorus and so basically she has 
it's her saying mantras and chants of different phrases that come from really powerful black um, it's actually not just black women um, so like for example one of the meditations is just saying over and over I have hopes for myself and that is a quote from Gwendolyn Brooks or I love myself enough and that's a quote from Essex Hemphill and God is change Octavia Butler and she's just basically saying them it's a guided meditation of her saying these things and we're supposed to say it with her you know out loud or in your heart or in your spirit and it lasts for like eight minutes and it's literally just repeating the same the same concepts these same quotes over and over again but let me tell you it is so 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 powerful she just guides us to just sit breathe and then we just start chanting these really like affirming words from like really really powerful black folks and many who are black ancestors actually they may all be they may all actually be ancestors i'm not sure but i think so um my people are free from harriet tubman just saying that over and over again that's a really really powerful way to collectively channel our energies to collectively shift sometimes our own narratives in our heads around not being worthy enough so find a meditation that works for you there's a ton of them um I think there's like 20 something meditation. So you pick whichever one you feel connected to and just start to just say these mantras and you don't have to be, this isn't just for black women. This is for everyone. All of these words and quotes are meaningful to us, especially as black folks. And so just saying the words of our ancestors, channeling the words of our ancestors, meditating and making mantras out of the words of our ancestors is no small, that's not small. It's huge. So I want to encourage folks to, as you heal yourself, look, do mantras, especially look into this Black Feminist Breathing course of, Chorus. Of course, I'm going to put the link in the show notes and just make that a part of your day. Maybe wake up and do the mantras to set your day, you know, on the right foot. Maybe when you're starting to feel like, and I know there's so much foolishness, there's so much wild mess going on throughout the world in the States outside of the states just everywhere and when we turn on the news or social media it's so easy to think that we are not valuable it's so easy to think that the world is just shit and it's always going to be shit it's so easy to think like that we're not progressing i mean it's just so it's so because that's that's what we see that's what we ingest that's what we take so it's important and it's actually crucial to set aside time to say words and affirmations to ourselves and our community that counteracts that narrative that tells us that we are not enough because then we start to believe and so many of us have started to believe that we're not enough and that is not true so this i found that this work is so necessary so i just wanted to use my little bitty platform to be able to amplify this and to have folks know like this is here this exists meditate on the words of our people of our ancestors and so big shout out to again charlene for getting me hip and bringing that into a space and then also to the amazing doctor sister doctor alexis pauline gums for for this work all you need is a little juju and now a message from our sponsors so last week, Cause Rain was one of our sponsors. And so Cause Rain is sponsoring another episode in July. So shout out to CBN. 
so cause rain facilitates connection between you and your spirit team through strategic dream work inspired by and in conversation with the nap ministry and onika rains who is a rest doula that's amazing so TBN is the principal dream worker of Cause Rain, who is black and multigender, holding medicine for queer and trans black Americans and diasporic Africans. So until August 22nd with Leo season fire for self-care, Cause Rain has bone and dream divinations for $77 for black, queer, and trans folk only. So if you're receiving this message and you are not a black and queer or trans person, you can consider gifting this divination to a black, queer, or trans person to get their life, like, through the dream work. So Cause Rain is building health, wealth, and legacies through dream work. You can find them on IG, cause.rain, um, or www.causerain.com, that's R-E-I-G-N, or email causerainthedreamworker at gmail.com. Of course, all of this will be in the show notes for y'all to click and check out. But please check out Cause Rain's work. Um, it's very important to do dream work. We haven't talked so much about dream work um, on the podcast, but you know, spirits speak. Spirits speak through dreams. Period. And I know a lot of y'all are some dreamers. <laughs> so if you are a black queer person, black trans person, who has a lot of information from your dreams or is wanting to connect more with your dreams to do that type of dream work, um, as well as bone divination, hit up Cause Rain and get your life. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so let's get into, let's, what did I say? <laughs> let's get into juju for the culture. And for those who don't know what Juju for the Culture is, that is my segment where I like to talk about what is going on in the world, specifically around celebrities and talking about it through and assessing it through a Juju-ass lens. So, of course, we have to talk about the queen, the king, and all in between, Beyonce Giselle Knowles, who, um, if you don't know, is the voice of Nala in the most recent remake of The Lion King. Now, I have to be honest, I'm not particularly excited to see The Lion King. I mean, I'm going to go see it, but I really don't need live action remakes of cartoons. Um, Side note, (laughs) The Lion King was the first movie that I ever saw in theaters. I don't remember how old I was. I don't even remember it, but my parents told me that's the first movie they took me to. And they had to take me out because I started screaming like two minutes in. But that was the first movie I ever seen. That's one of my favorite movies, and I just don't want to... I have a favorite. We don't have to touch it. But, of course, I will go see it because I feel like I have to. So, in addition to that, Beyonce put out an album called The Gift, which I actually don't think is the official soundtrack to The Lion King, but it is like an additional Beyonce soundtrack (laughs) to The Lion King. And it's not just Beyonce on there. She's in majority of the songs, but there's also some songs that do not feature her, maybe like four. Um, Anyway... And accompanying those songs, she put out a music video for the song Spirit and Bigger, which both of the video, the video is kind of like one long continuation. It like, it starts off with Spirit and then it transitions into Bigger. Whew, aesthetically, the video is absolutely gorgeous. She's in the Grand Canyon, actually, and so it's very you know where she is it's very muted colors it's like very tans and browns and there's 
Beyonce wearing these really vibrant, bright colors, and then her dancers, uh, all black people wearing really vibrant and beautiful colors. So the contrast with the black folks and the bright colors with this like muted kind of tan background, like camel, but it's just gorgeous. And the waterfall, absolutely stunning, breathtaking. All the black people look bomb. The, it is just a cinematic experience. It really is the dancing. They're doing a lot of um, West African movements, but the songs feel very kind of like rooted in like black gospel music. Like it feels very, and I think the way that it kind of speaks so to your soul and the ways that you like take it in artistically feel like very gospel with the harmonies and the, the, the choir, there's no choir that you see in it, but like you hear the choir in the background. So if it, so like seeing the traditional African dancing with gospel music is actually really powerful. I don't see here a lot of people talking about that, but it sort of kind of bridges the gap to that this, our gospel music is still very African. Um, even though there seems to be like some type of weird disconnect from like the things that like African-American folks do and Africanness, And so I liked that, that merging of those two in the spirit and bigger video. So the main Juju stuff, though, there's a lot of conversation around the outfits that Beyonce was wearing. And, you know, anytime Beyonce does anything, everyone is like, Orishas, Orishas, Orishas. This is about the Orishas. She is channeling the Orishas, blah, 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 blah. Now, she did have on one of the face, ooh, I think it's called an Ade, but I don't. I'm not quite sure, but it's like one of those masks that kind of cover half your face and, it, and they dangle down. And people wear that when they are dressing as Orishas um, in the tradition, in the Yoruba tradition. I, I actually think it might be more of a Lukumi practice, but I'm not sure. So she is wearing a cowrie show, one of those particular masks that does resemble what folks is wearing in the tradition. And people have alluded to, and there's even threads about the colors that she was wearing. Like here she's representing, oh yeah, she has on this color. And here she's representing Obatala. And here she's being Oshun, because you can see that with the... And I'm not saying she isn't channeling that a bit, but it's really unclear. I feel like if you're doing anything that's embodying like what maybe people would understand as like a, an aesthetic, an African aesthetic. And I think that that exists. Like there's an aesthetic that people associate with looking African. And we understand that African is, is a whole bunch of countries and not just one thing, but there is a very real, yeah, there's an aesthetic. And so if you're channeling a quote unquote African aesthetic, then I think it's going to mirror what folks are wearing in religious practices and religious space, spaces because that is also African, you know? So having cowries could allude to an Orisha, could allude to Oshun, but it could also just allude to like a quote unquote African aesthetic and those things aren't separate. Um, but there's just been a lot of information and just talk about all the things that Beyonce was doing with this video and all the, the symbolism within the video. Like she's standing by a tree of life and people were saying that that's her representing Yamaya because Yamaya is the mother of all the Orishas. And then there was like, you know, there was people sitting at her feet as the Orishas sit at the feet of Yamaya. I was like, okay, this might be getting a little deep. <laughs> 
Though I do think that Beyonce is a practitioner of the Orisha tradition. I do think that. I do think that. But I don't know if it's all of that in the video. But I do think she is a practitioner. And I do think that was taken into account when she was putting these particular outfits on and doing this stuff. I came across... First of all, I came across a thread that was breaking down all the Orishas that Beyonce was portraying in the Spirit Bigger video. And I will say that most of that information was not correct. And I'm not even going to say it, nor am I going to put a link to it <laughs> in the show notes. But if you saw it, you might know what I'm talking about. Because I was very confused around what was being named in that thread. Like, And here she's wearing red, which is the color of Oya. And I was like, I mean, I ain't never heard of Oya's color being red, but as far as I knew, it was either like a different nine different colors or purple. Pero like maybe, maybe I don't know everything. Um, and then another thread I came across, it wasn't a thread, but it was a post and it was saying like Beyonce wears yellow and then the beehive. She's channeling Oshun. She's a child of Oshun. She's the greatest priestess of Oshun to ever live. She's educating the people of the entire Ifa Orisha tradition. She's initiated into every African tradition ever and so on and so on. Um, and I think that people do get really excited when we see Beyonce engaging in this blackness, blackness in this way and, and potentially an ATR in this way. Because uh, a lot of times she, she is a... With her looks and her aesthetics, it is pointing to something that reminds us of Orisha, that reminds us of Yoruba tradition, that reminds us of, yeah, that just reminds us of what folks are wearing and looking like in those traditions. So I get it, but we have to be very careful around just assuming and putting all these things on, not, not uh, putting them on Beyonce, but not for protection of Beyonce, but more so for protection of our traditions making sure that we're spreading information that is correct. Um, so we can't say that Beyonce is a priest of anything, a priest of Oshun or a priest of this or that. We do know that she is, we don't know, but we can figure that she knows who these Orishas are because actually in one of her songs, and I think the song was, um, shoot, what song was it? This song was on the the gift, which is the, the Lion King, Beyonce Lion King soundtrack. Oh, hold on. I got to look this up. The song Mood Forever, she makes a mention of of Oshun. And of course, you know, the girls went crazy. And I quote, I am Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. Yes, you are, sis. I am the Nala, sister of Naruba, Oshun, Queen Sheba. I am the mother Ankh on my gold chain, ice on my whole chain. I be like soul food. I am a whole mood. So, you know, of course, people saw the Oshun and it's like, oh my God. And I mean, I think that's a big deal. She literally is naming deities in her song. <laughs> like, you're Oshun, sis? What do you mean? Are you a priest of Oshun? Like, yo, what? Are you a daughter of Oshun? What? We don't know, but it is powerful. Just the things that she said. You can tell Beyonce's in ATR. Like, we know Beyonce's a witch. I don't think that can be debated anymore. And this isn't the first time she's made references to, as we know, Oshun and Lemonade. There was a whole, you know, all the think pieces came out and the threads were about, oh my God, Beyonce was showing 
Oshun and channeling Oshun. And then she also had a coffee table book come out and in it, there was reference of Oshun in her little coffee table book. So, um, I think it's great. You know, I, I don't think that it's negative. I think that it's wonderful that the Orisha can be a part of pop culture. I think they're beautiful and that they should be. And, and especially Oshun, I would think Oshun definitely wants to be a part of the mainstream, is definitely involved in and wants people to be speaking her name and talking about her. In that way, because she's Oshun, she's very important. We should be talking about her. She's irresistible. You know, as as Ialosa, uh, Oshun Yemi, Akala Tunde said, Oshun is irresistible. So it is no surprise that she's all up in pop culture and that's one of the issues that we just know off the bat. But again, we do need to remain respectful. We don't want to just be sharing memes and saying all, Beyonce is doing all these things and like because we don't know if she's a pre we don't know all of that. We know that she is just giving us visuals, beautiful imagery, and we can accept that and take it for what it is for art and for entertainment. And people who feel compelled and drawn to study more and to learn more because of that art, I push you to do that because I'm someone who was inspired by Lemonade and the arts and the articles and all of that. And it pushed me to do my, my, um, sorry, cut up my, my own research. Um, also another part of this particular song, Move Forever, she says, all praise to my enemies, still praise, get along. Cause I've bet on myself. I'm dancing. Ancestors are in my step. Now I move better. Girl, what you talking about your ancestors in your step? Come on now, B. Give us the tea. I mean, look, Beyonce has not mentioned Jesus in a long time now. She hasn't mentioned Jesus maybe since Destiny's Child. She's been talking about ancestors in her steps. She's talking about Oshun. She's clearly, I mean, I don't think it's debatable at this point. She knows. And she knows she's playing into it also. She knows we 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 like sis what you doing she like uh-huh yep i am doing that and i'm gonna make it really obvious but i'm not but i am and if you're in the tradition you definitely can see what she she's alluding to but again we don't know how far it is if she's initiated she's doing all of this with ogun and she's i was looking at some threads i was like now this feels like a reach <laughs> That might be a reach. It might not be, but it felt like a reach. So we don't have to reach. We can just accept it for what we see. And and I think that's enough. I think that's enough. I also want to say shout out to my um homegirl, Drea, because she, <laughs> she was saying that she really wants to stand the Move Forever song. But she says that she's... um When she says, I am Nala, sister of Naruba... Who is Naruba? Did she mean Yoruba? Or is Naruba the name of Nala's sister? Is she saying she's sister of the Yoruba? And she just said Naruba? I'm confused. I, I, I don't know. But she says, I am the Nala. Oh, Genius.com, you know, the website that gives you the, the, the explanation to lyrics of songs Nala means in Swahili means the gift so Beyonce is saying I am the Nala I am the gift but I don't know what Naruba means <laughs> but I do know what Yoruba is and then she's talking about Naruba then she goes on to Oshun 
I hope she just didn't say that wrong. My homegirl was telling me, like, I cannot stand if she said Yoruba wrong and said Noruba. <laughs> I don't know. If anyone knows what Noruba is, please let me know. Anyway, that's my hot take on Beyonce and the gift. I will be seeing Lion King this week. Also, side note, blue freaking Ivy looks gorgeous in the video. I'm going to put the video in the show notes to the Spirit Bigger video. Blue looks like blue like i stand blue i'm team blue blue is the cutest little freaking baby she's just i'm just loving how beyonce is just bringing blue into all her stuff because she knows that we stand for blue so yeah shout out to blue ivy the 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 queen actually <laughs> all you need is a little juju Okay, so today I wanted to do a few, um, oops, sorry. Today I wanted to do a few Dear Juju letters. Um, it's been a while since I've answered some questions and I wanted to sort of publicly answer them as well so people aren't asking the same things, which I am realizing is happening. So if you have written me a Dear Juju letter, I'm not saying anyone's name today, but I'm just picking a few random ones. And ones that feel common, which we're just going to get into it. So my first message today, hey, Juju, I've been self-studying the Orisha path for some time, roughly six months of ATR and a year and a half of paganism in the occult. And I feel I've reached a point where I need to find an elder and community to be a part of. I'm from Miami, and yes, there's no shortage of Lukumi and voodoo communities, but I feel specifically drawn to Ifa. I've been having the hardest time finding an elder in Ifa because it isn't a big community around me. I struggle with even finding friends who are in the community. I tried looking for a Lukumi elder, but it's a challenge to find one who speaks English. So my question is, how would I start my search? Is there some kind of database or something? How did you find your Ile? You have mentioned, you may have mentioned it before in the podcast, but I haven't gotten to all of the episodes. Thanks for hearing me. So thank you for that question. Um, I get this question a lot around how to find elders and being ready for elders and yeah, how I found my elders. So uh, I feel the frustration because I remember at a point I was like, I am ready for an elder and I don't have anyone to go to. I need someone to talk to about this. I'm trying to get readings. I'm trying to connect with Ifa. I had done my own little research and I felt like it was time. And it's time to find an elder when you find one. Okay, and I know that that might seem or feel frustrating, but you will find an elder and you need to trust that your ancestors and spirits will guide you to someone when it actually is time. So continue, you know, just continuing to do your own studies, continuing to do your own research, obviously continuing to actively search if that's what you're wanting to do. Now, there's no database to my knowledge to find an elder, but... Of course, I have had different elders on the podcast who you can reach out to, get readings from, who are in communities, who might know of other practitioners in your area. And I'm not saying to go reach out to all of the, the elders that have been on my show and just be like, hey, can you tell me if you know anybody in, in Mississippi or in, you know, in whatever place you're in? But, you know, maybe get a reading and, and start there. 
And then C, secondly, you need to be praying to your ancestors to guide you to the right person. Your ancestors are who will lead you to the people. Often the ancestors are who are, are, who are going to bring you through the door. So if you're not regularly praying, like, please allow me to find a community. Please allow me to find um, an elder when it is time and one that will align with me, one that I will be comfortable with, one that will be a good house for me, etc. You need to be doing that. So be praying on that. Until then, continue to work with your spirits. Continue to work with your ancestors. And um, they will guide you. So there's a lot of patience that has to come with this. I also recommend listening to the episode with Alafia Nobabalaos in the DMs because she talks about a good way to go about finding elders. I don't necessarily need to repeat everything, but... But the, it's finding an elder is like dating, she says. And, you know, you don't want to seem too thirsty on your date because that's how you set yourself up to be taken advantage of because you can just go out to any elder and say, hey, I'm looking for an elder. Hey, I'm looking to receive this or that or initiate into this or that. And they're like, okay, I can do that. And then it just becomes a transactional relationship. What you want to do is actually meet elders, see if you connect with them, ask them questions, ask them how long they've been practicing, ask them about their lineage, ask them, you know, all of these things. These are you know, it's, it's like dating. So you don't want to put yourself out there and seem like too thirsty. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with your process and ask your ancestors. They will guide you when it is time. I found, I got my elder through happenstance at a party. Someone was talking about, funny enough, someone was talking about, well, Melissa, one of my God sisters, was talking about Beyonce and Lemonade and Oshun in a poem. And I talked to her after about the poem. She was like, you should come to my LA. You should talk to my godfather. You're interested. I got a reading from my godfather. Next thing you know, I'm getting pots and I'm getting orishas. So let it just happen. Make sure that you're putting out that energy for community. You're putting out that energy. And you'll find someone. There's definitely folks in Miami for you to connect with who speak English. It's definitely there. So just continue to be with yourself. Do your little solo study. Read up and ask your people for advice all you need is a little juju you know now that i talk about that it makes me what's prompting me to talk about something that i think needs to be talked about which i actually want to dedicate a full episode to and this is about how we are interacting with spirit workers, how we are interacting with healers, how we are interacting with priests, how we are interacting with our elders. I'm hearing way too many stories about folks reaching out to priests and reaching out to elders, hardly saying hi, hardly saying greetings, and just wanting information so quickly from people who have been studying a lot of times for years a lot of times longer than some of us have been born <laughs> and just wanting to reach out because we just want some information or we just want to know something about an Orisha or we just want to know. And that's not how we're supposed to reach out to them. These are, these are folks who are highly regarded, who have studied, who have earned a title. And there is some hierarchy there. There is some hierarchy in ATRs. Um, and I know people are always like, no, this hierarchy is bad. Like, well, then <laughs> African traditional religion might not be for you if you not, if you can't vibe with hierarchy to some extent, because our elders and the people who have studied deserve a certain amount of respect. And so we don't go to them 
sending them like back-to-back messages if they didn't answer the first time or if they didn't answer at all. A lot of them have many godchildren or have a lot of clients and are just trying to do their own work. So we want to be patient. We can reach out to them. Hi, my name is this. Um, I learned about you through this. I'm interested in connecting with this. I don't know if you're accepting godchildren right now or I would love to have a conversation with you about this and that's it and you leave it at that. Okay, so we need to be very mindful of what we are expecting from our elders and people who have done this work and even me. And I don't consider myself necessarily an elder, but I know that people do. I don't consider myself an elder, but people do consider me an elder because I have been studying. If someone just started studying yesterday and I've been studying for three years or four years, however long, then to them, it would seem like I'm someone who may be more knowledgeable who would be an elder. But regardless of that, the titles and the names. Even when folks reach out to me, sort of like, hey, can you teach me how to, can you bind someone for me? Hey, can you tell me how to do this for the herb? Hey, can you, and I get a lot of messages like that. And I try to answer the ones that I can when I have capacity, but sometimes it's just really overwhelming and we have to start making sure that we're showing respect for the people who, who do this work. A lot of people, you know, this isn't free. Like Ashe, which is mean the gift, the power is not, it's not free, you know, having to, by your orishas or shrines you're paying for the labor that is not free and so taking time out to answer questions that you might want answered in in two minutes that actually took someone two years to fully get a grasp on or maybe they still don't have a grasp on it after years of studying is not fair so we have to be really really if we're trying to decolonize our spiritual practices we also have to decolonize how we're interacting with other people who might have titles that we weren't taught to respect so for example we've been taught to respect doctors we have been taught that there's a certain way that we can reach out to our doctors there's certain ways that we communicate with people who will have a certain degree level there's a certain way that we go about whatever okay when people have a certain letters behind their name but we have not traditionally been taught specifically in the west to reach out to priests or spiritual leaders or healers or people who have been doing this work with that same respect as we would our doctor, um, which makes sense because we live in the midst of, of colonialism and white domination, which told us that those people are not important, that that healing is not important. That work is not important. But again, we have to decolonize that and start to have a little bit more respect for our spirit workers. All of this is exchange. All of the work that we do, all the work that spirit workers do for us and our elders do for us is with exchange. So we don't go to them as if they owe us something, okay? We, we just can't do that. That's not, that's not how we, we talk to our people, you know, our elders and people who hold this work. These are people who should be highly regarded and respected. And even if it's not an elder, it's just, even if it's just someone, you know, who reads who reads tarot and you're like, I just pulled a six of wands. What does that mean? And you're just like, um, you don't happen to museum to ask that. So please be cognizant of that. Offer what you can offer. Say hello. See if you can send like $5 to somebody's cash app. You know, just be aware of how we're interacting with folks and not moving. Like we expect people to jump at our every beck and call because every crisis is not the crisis of the of the healer of the spirit worker your crisis is not their crisis and you have to remember that you have to remember that um you have to remember that though it might feel like a crisis you are resilient you were built for shit to ha- to happen and to get through it and you're going to be okay if you don't get an answer to how do I bind this nigga 
in one hour, okay? <laughs> Someone went off on me about I didn't respond to her message because she said she wanted to know how to buy somebody. And I didn't respond. It was two hours, though, and she just went over me. So, um, I don't know. That might have been a little bit off topic with the question. But my ancestors like was like, no, you need to address this. Because it's important and way too many spirit workers and way too many healers are telling me how they just feel so disrespected. And I also want to say, if you're listening and you are a spirit worker and you are a healer, set your boundaries. Tell people that that's not okay to do. Because people should have a base level of respect and many just don't know how to interact with folks in this work. But on top of that, you know, people can't violate boundaries that they don't know that exist or that you have. So if you don't like people DMing you, you have to name, I don't do DMs. And I know some, I know a lot of spirit workers who um, don't do DMs. I understand why. So... Please, this is just a reminder to all of us to be respectful of our healers, to be respectful of our spirit workers, and to recognize that folks don't owe us anything. You know, we owe ourselves to do the research and always ask your ancestors first. And I know that that can seem really like, what do you mean ask my ancestors? They don't talk to me. They don't know. Stop saying that. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Stop blocking them out. They do talk to you. Ask your ancestors. Okay. All right, ancestors, I said it. Back to the back to the dear juju. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so our next dear juju letter. Hello. I was listening to your most recent episode of your podcast as you were talking about gender essentialism and queer deities ancestors. I would like to start doing ancestral work, but I'm wondering how slash why should I honor them if most, if not all, if most, if not all of them were colorist and or homophobic, um, I'm dark-skinned and gay, lol. Please let me know if you've ever experienced this issue and how you navigate this concept. Thank you. Um, so, if that wasn't clear, I feel like I read it weird. <laughs> this person is gay and dark-skinned and is, was asking, you know, why and how, why would I honor my ancestors when most of them are homophobic? And most of them, if not all of them, were also colorist. And so first, I want to always recommend listening to, well, that's not first what I always want to do. What I first always want to do is ground us in the fact that we have ancestors expanding beyond farther than our brains can even comprehend. I say this all the time. If you think about who your first ancestor was, who could that even have been? This was before race was even created. This was before um, colonialism. This was before all of that. The first person that started your lineage. The very first individual. Maybe that's the first person who has ever existed, depending on your belief. So when we think about our ancestors in this expansive way and not limit them to maybe just thinking about, I know I had a grandmother and an aunt who passed and a granddad. You know, our ancestors, you have hundreds of, Events, thousands of ancestors. So we can't ever say that all of our ancestors were anything. Good, bad, colorist, homophobic, blah, blah, blah. We, it's impossible. We don't know all of our ancestors. So the process of doing the ancestral work is to is getting to know the the um, the power and getting to know the expansion of your lineage. So that's why that work is important. 
also want to ground us in the fact that because we don't know all of our ancestors, um, or we often project onto our ancestors what we think they thought, what we think they think, um, we erased our ancestors who actually were gay. We erase our ancestors who experienced colorism. We erase all of that because we project onto them. And so it's so important not to project your feelings onto your people because your people love you. People care about you, generally. I mean, some of us have ancestors who, you know, was probably not shit. <laughs> but largely, when our folks die, they go to the spirit realm and they want to continue their lineage. They want their lineage to be popping. And so that's also why we do this work because so that we can have a popping lineage, meaning that we are doing the healing work, that we are able to heal so that we can fight, so that we can live a better life, so that we can actually experience having our needs met and having our bills paid, having access to things. That's why our people want that for us. Our ancestors want that for us, okay? They might not always agree on how to get to that point, but they do want that for us. Even the ones who might not have wanted that for us or seemingly did not want that for us while they were humans. I also think that we have to be very careful of assuming that anyone, human or spirit, is perfect. Working with ancestors are not working with perfect beings. Ancestors are not, quote unquote, God. Ancestors are not all-knowing. and Ancestors are not omnipotent and omniscient. They are a lot, they know a lot, and they're with us a lot of the damn time because there are people and they care about us and protect us, but we are working with flawed beings. They were flawed beings. They were humans just like we are. And so just like a lot of us are rude, disrespectful ass motherfuckers in our own ways to, to different groups of people because we're human. And so were they, and they carry some of that energy with them even in the spirit realm. So this isn't to say that all of our ancestors are still not understanding queer identity because some of them still don't understand. And that's why you have conversation with them about who you are. And they learn and they ancestors can still learn. They still learn the same way that we learn. So it's a it's interactive. It's, it's, an, it's an interaction. We don't just take from them. We don't just ask them for things. We exchange. We exchange. This work is about exchanging. Practicing ATR is about exchanging. So I just want you to be careful around saying what your ancestors were or were not um, and what the point is because you have so many ancestors who did not share the same identity and could have shared your same identity. So that's why you, you can figure that out the more that you connect with them the more that you speak with them the more that you do your own healing work around that okay so I talk about this a little bit more in depth in um, the ancestors are not no it's called the ancestors ain't perfect I can't remember the number of the episode but I will leave the link to that in the show notes and yeah I get this question a lot or something similar about that so just remember we don't know all our people we have a, a complete large range of people and so we work with the ones who want the best for us. We work with our honorable ancestors. We work with the ones that show up for us and help us and want to heal us and work with us. And that's why it's important to continue. And and, and 
to continue the lineage, but also to break some of the curses around the colorism, around the homophobia, around the, you know, some people have in their family sexual assault running rampant, people have in their family poverty. We can actually do a lot of that work around that to change the energy in our lineage through ancestral work. Uh, I hope that made sense. Um, yeah. But that is my answer. Check out the episode, Ancestors Ain't Perfect. Okay, let's do one more question. So, um, okay, this letter starts off, Hi, I listened to the first episode of your podcast and set up my altar after being led to. It's been set up for almost a week and I've been spending time with them and I've still had no contact from them no matter how hard I tap in. I need a divination to see how they are... communicating with me and what they have to say if they're even saying anything to me all right so i get a lot of questions like this as well um having your altar up for almost a week ain't enough time (laughs) first of all we have to we have to exercise a little bit of patience when doing this work we are not used to many of us are not used to interacting with spirits point blank period so we literally have to train ourselves to start tapping into a different form of hearing a different form of seeing a different form of experiencing because interacting with spirits is not the same at least for many people as it is interacting with a whole human it's a different energy it's almost like you're thinking with a different part of your brain like they're whispering to you with a different part of your ear that we're not normally trained to hear things with you know even if you're not clairaudient, but I'm just I'm just using that as a metaphor. So having your altar up for a week is not a lot of time to actually have changed yourself to to get that communication. Now we can always ask our ancestors to be very direct with us, like, hey, I might need you to do something or show me something so that I feel the connection or that I feel that you're actually here. But also know that you're here, you're setting up an altar, you're listening to podcasts like this, you're doing this work because there's something. I mean, that's just what it is. Whether you call it your answers, whether you call it whatever, if you just tell yourself, I just think this is cool and interesting. I think this is fascinating. Maybe, but maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's just not something that you just peek it piques your interest just because it's never just because anything. So the fact that you've gotten this far Take that as that you got some information. You've gotten some communication somehow. You followed something. So that's the same kind of energy. Keep that same energy when you're, when you're at your altar where you're trying to communicate with your ancestors. Um, for a lot of times, people think that their ancestors are going to be like, hey, yo, shorty, like, I want you to do this. Hey, my name, Uncle Da Da Da. Like, no, it might not be like that ever. They not they might not bust you upside the head with something and say, Oh my bad, that was Aunt TT. You ain't know her, but she No, they might not do that. But it's the subtleties. It's the it's the wind that blows you a certain way that reminds you of your great grandmother. It's the smells. It's the 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 pulls to do, it's the convictions. Like I talked about in the um review for she's got to have it it's the conviction so your ancestors aren't necessarily talking to you in this very direct way now I just got lucky and I wouldn't even say it was lucky but I was really trying to tap into my my spiritual ear my spiritual sight when I first set my altar up because I've told the story a few times of where the only thing that I knew or that I had read 
that I read that when you see a bunch of pennies near you or on the ground around you, that's your ancestors talking to you. I never heard that. I just heard that one time. So I was like, that was in the forefront of my mind because that's just what I happened to read and read and research. And so the first time I set my altar up, I was talking the whole time and I was like, I don't really know what's going on. I don't know what this is. And then I was done. It was an okay experience. It was fine. And there was pennies that fell like from when I got up, like from the bottom of my legs, like my butt, it was just pennies fell. And then I was like, what the, and I just burst into tears. And then I was sitting on a mat. So I was, I, I was bursting into tears and I like was rolling up the mat cause I was putting my altar away cause it was in my closet at the time. And when I pulled the mat up, pennies fell from the mat. And so I was like, okay, well that was very direct. So I knew that in that moment that I was in the right place. And it, but it might not happen like that for everyone, but it will happen in its own way for you. So ask your ancestors to be direct in the way that they can be direct, but you also need to train yourself to be able and be patient in communicating with them because they may or they may not and probably won't bust you upside the head and say, hey, this is your Uncle Ricky. So we have to train ourselves to hear with ears that we're not used to listening with and see with eyes that we're not used to seeing with. And I hope that makes sense. So give yourself time. A week is not long enough. A month is probably not long enough. I've been doing this work three years and I'm just finally tapping into my own mediumship and abilities in a way to be able to read for somebody else. That's a minute. And I'm still growing and I'm still not super powerful. And I still, people who've been doing longer than me are able to like see a whole scene. And I'm like, yeah, I see the rocks. I see plants. I see that. They're like, oh, I see the whole forest. It's like, okay, well, I'm not there yet. So I have to be patient with myself and just continue to practice and grow. And then I'll see, I'll start to see the forest and not just trees and grass and rock, but a full picture, you know? So be patient with yourself, be patient with your ancestors and ask them to continue to talk to you and know that they are talking to you. Know that, know that, or you wouldn't even be asking these questions. You wouldn't even be caring about any of this caring about any of this work or find it interesting or listen to the podcast every month or every week or every other week you know i hope that was helpful i hope that was helpful for folks all you need is a little juju you know i actually want to speak to another topic that comes up a lot that people ask me about and i don't have any or i can't find any specific questions right now in my emails but Um, I do get a lot of questions around like, I'm trying to do a working for this XYZ, what can I use? And the thing that's really amazing about Hoodoo is it's all pretty much common sense. Uh, And I mean that in a way of, so if you're trying to do a protection working, think about what people use for protection. If you're trying to bring more protection energy around you. So people have knives for protection. People use swords for protection. People use different kinds of metals for protection. People shoot people for protection. Um, Animals use claws for protection. Animals use their fangs for protection, teeth for protection. So these are all materials that are in the natural world that you can use and channel that energy to be able to bring about that protection around you. Hoodoo is really about 
putting a container on what sort of exists already in the world and putting a container on it to be able to, to, to channel the certain kind of energy that we're trying to bring about. So if I know that teeth are protective for snakes, maybe I need to go find some snake teeth. Maybe I need to buy some snake teeth. Maybe I need to go see if I can get a crab claw at the beach. Okay, maybe I need to find a type of shell and, and put that in a bowl with some other things and pray over. You know, it, it's like following your intuition and it's using spirit of the elements to be able to create a reality. To be able to cultivate a certain kind of experience or energy. I hope that's making sense. So look up your herbs for the meanings around how people have used herbs. I know we don't want to trust the internet all the time, and that's fine. We don't have to trust the internet. <laughs> I don't think that we should always trust the internet, but it's going to have to be a place, a starting place for people because, I mean, that was a starting place for a lot of folks. There, there are reputable things online. So pray to your ancestors that they guide you to some reputable stuff and, and look up some, some information that feels... Um, that feels reputable and that feels in alignment with your spirit and follow that. So can't nobody tell you how to hoodoo because what works for me and my people might not actually work for somebody else. So if you're buying, you know, a binding spell from someone, then of course, I hopefully it will work because they know how to work with their people. They know how to do binding works. But how they was doing binders in Mississippi wasn't how they was doing binders in, in Louisiana. So that's why the ancestral part is so important because that is where you make the connection. That is where you'll get the information. People tell me, even in divination, like my, I had a dream that my spirits came to me and they showed me how to make something in my dream. They showed me how to make a mojo bag, someone told me. Ancestors will come up in a dream and tell you and tell you how to do something, help heal you when you're sick, all of that. So don't rely too much on other people, on healers, on spirit workers to be able to create your reality. You need to figure out how you need to cultivate and create your reality. And that is literally by looking at the natural world, what is existing in the natural world, what helps with this and using that medicine. So if you're trying to bring about some love into your life, you need some love. What are some representations of love that you could contain to use that energy? Roses. We see roses all the time. So roses and rose petals are great in love workings. You know, if you're trying to bring some peace to your relationship or some peace into your life, what do people use to calm themselves down? They use lavender. They use chamomile. All calming things. These are just... It's just what people already do is what you're doing. It's how you're existing. That's enough and that's hoodoo. So you're using that, okay? So I just want to offer that as well because it's not just some stuff people are making up around like, oh, you use this herb for this. Like, no, actually that herb is just for that. And you know that already. If you're trying to bring some spice to your life, if you're trying to bring something hot to your working, if you're trying to bring some certain type of fiery energy to your spell, to your working, what's hot? Peppers. Put peppers in it. You know? You're trying to wash things off. That's why we use baths. Because <laughs> we're trying to spiritually clean. Water is cleansing. 
So it's not anything that's uh, that has to be rocket science. It's very, very basic. Uh, just understanding what's happening in the na- natural world and nature and using that and containing it to use it for your specific purpose. Okay. So that was just, I just wanted to say that and name that. I feel like my ancestors are just kind of guiding this podcast. I'm just like saying random things that are coming to mind, but like, I know that these are questions that people have and that I get asked. So I'm just like trying to think through some of the common ones, but I think that's it. I think that's all the questions I'm going to um, answer for today and I hope that was helpful I hope some of the letters answered some of the questions that you all may have and then some of the resources that I'll provide will lead you all also into to your own studies well all right my dears we have it was a shorter episode today only an hour seven minutes y'all know I be talking on here sometimes going long 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 um, but yes, we are done our episode today. I thank y'all so much for tuning in again. I appreciate y'all for listening. I just want to say thank you for listening. Like, <laughs> it's still amazes me and I'm still in awe and I actually don't even feel like I fully believe and I've settled in the fact that people want to listen to me talk about stuff, but y'all do. And I hope that, and not even I hope, I, I do hope but I also know that this work is important and that people are affected by these conversations, by this information, because your ancestors are calling you. Your ancestors love you and they want you to connect with them. They want to connect with you. They want to bring you the blessings. They want you to be open. They want to heal. They want you to heal. And the fact that y'all have found a, a, a space in in us communing with each other and in this podcast to do that work i am honored so please thank your ancestors for me thank yourselves for me i am deeply appreciative of you i really am and i'm just on my own journey trying to heal and trying to connect with my people and sharing the information that when i figure out something or when i feel like i might be onto something i bring it to y'all so we can be on it together and get more information and just continue to grow as a community so i'm I'm so, so happy to be on this journey with you. I'm so, so happy you are here and I appreciate you and I thank you so much. And I, I just thank your ancestors. Thank your ancestors too. Um, so yeah, if you want to be in touch with me, reach out to me. You can hit me up on social media. I'm on Instagram at I-T-S-J-U-G-A-U-B-A-E. It's Juju Bay. And also you can follow the podcast page, which is a little Juju podcast, which will have all the updates on Instagram. I'm also It's Juju Bay on the Twitter, and I'm Juju Bay on Facebook. If you're wanting to reach out to me to potentially curate a healing space or um, about readings or any of that, well, you can book readings on my site at itsjujubay.com, and you can email me about any type of media inquiries. If you want to be like Cause Rain and sponsor some episodes or some uh, months, few months of episodes for the podcast, just send me an email, hit me up. I am still doing Dear Juju, but some of the questions get super repetitive. So, like, I'll be like, I don't know how many times I can actually answer this <laughs> over and over again. Um, but, yeah, I'm still open to those. Not too detailed because too detailed questions means you probably need a divination. And I probably can't answer that, like, off the rip. But if you're just asking, like, hey, do you know, da-da-da, da-da-da, boom, 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 got you, okay? Anything else? I don't think so. Thank you. Love y'all. Appreciate you. And we will talk next time. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, 
All you need is a little juju. Ah, all you need is a little juju. <laughs> Later, y'all.